Welcome to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke. Today's guest is Wajid Hassan. He's an actor, healer, and author of The Struggle for World Sanity. Today's discussion is about a UFO experience that changed his life. Wajid, welcome to the program. Great to be here, Johnny. You were a witness to a UFO incident when you were younger. Is this the incident that puts you on your current spiritual path, or was it something else? Actually, it was part of an experience that put me on my spiritual path. That happened when I was 18. When I was 16, uh, I read a book called The Twelve Blessings, which completely changed my life. And it was a book published by Ethereum Society about uh, a yogi adept medium who actually channeled um, teachings of the Master Jesus. And it really affected me to the point where I actually joined the organization called the Ethereum Society. And then a couple of years later, I had this extraordinary UFO experience because it just happened out of the blue. I think it was pre-planned because for a week I was getting this premonition that I had to be at a certain place. I, I was living in England at the time and I had this premonition that I had to go somewhere and I didn't quite figure it out. Then finally on the third day I couldn't stand these like mental impulses. There was this strong feeling from my intuition or something from the outside that I had to go somewhere. And so what I did was I actually opened up the map of England and I traced my finger across areas of England and it stopped at a place in Salisbury near Stonehenge and I knew that I had to be at that particular place that Friday at midnight. Don't ask me why but that's how I got these impulses. So Friday at midnight. Yeah that Friday I took the the coach to Salisbury from London and I got there at 10 30 and so I walked through these country roads for for about an hour and a half in the pitch black and then finally reached this area called Clearwater and I jumped over this fence by this pond and exactly at midnight I looked up in the sky and I saw this disc-shaped white disc-shaped object moving from the south to the north and that was right at midnight right at midnight was this near Stonehenge or it was near Stonehenge it was a few miles away from Stonehenge and so I stood my ground and I said well I guess I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and then at 1.30 a.m. another disc-shaped object came from the west to the east and it moved across the sky and to me it signified the sign of the cross and of course you know the cross is a sacred symbol that's been used long before Christianity it's a symbol of ascension and so I thought that was very interesting and then it was got really cold and I stood my ground I knew something was going to happen and then exactly at 3 a.m. this larger craft came over it's about 100 feet above my head and it stopped over where I was standing and this white light came from the hull of the craft and I could feel these tremendous energies coming through me to the point where I was in a state of like uh, different consciousness how long it was I don't know but and then after that the craft just suddenly moved on and it gave me this realization that the people who man these UFOs these spacecraft are not only technically advanced but to me they're also very spiritually advanced and they have a lot of feeling towards us and I think that was the sign that I got that the people from other planets in this solar system and beyond are very caring and actually care about the people of the earth especially considering what's going on these days. What's interesting about that does this in effect in your view debunk a lot of the myths that there are not so good alien ETs, whatever you want to call them, that are here to, to do bad things. What are your thoughts on that? If we look at the galaxy and the millions of stars, and it would insult our intelligence for people like NASA to say that there's no life out there. I think there are evil alien intelligences, but also I, I believe that the intelligences that are 
watching us are actually protecting us from outside interference. From the other ETs, you mean? I, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. But the ones that are protecting us and watching over us, I, I don't think they're evil. I, I think a lot of this evil is part of the cover-up to really discredit flying saucers and the beings who control the flying saucers. I think also a lot of these so-called abductions that people have had in their sleep, I think they're more like probably demonic possessions, lower astral projections that are from Earth and not actually from these uh, beings who control the uh, flying really? saucers. So that's interesting. So during these experiences, you saw a total of three craft, three flying, what do you call them? There's another acronym. It's not UFO. What is that called? There's different identities for them, but for me, I, I, I would refer them to IFOs, identified flying objects, because how can you not identify something that you actually physically saw? So to me, it wasn't anything unidentified. It was totally identified by me. And also in the book, there's another wonderful UFO experience that I had with actually two other friends of mine. So you had more than one then? I've had more than one, yeah. There's always a reason behind it. At that time, I was 18. This was something that was very personal to me. I didn't really want to share it with anybody. Of course, people would have thought I was a quack anyway. I think because of what's happening in the world and this change of consciousness, I think mm -hmm. it was important to publish the book and to relay this experience, which I haven't really told that many people about. I can see why you would be hesitant, especially as an 18-year-old, but this experience sounds like it was almost like a download of sorts. The light came down down and you seem to be enveloped in that light and you got some kind of information transfer am i right i believe it was a mental contact i think that there was definitely a connection between myself and and the spacecraft and the beings in the spacecraft like you said there wasn't a physical open connection it left me with this experience of hope and that these beings they know us and they really care about us and they've been around for millions of years and they're not going away <laughs> I don't think they are either. Now, you also studied with the yogi master, Dr. George King. Your experiences with the ETs, how does that relate to, or did that lead to you studying with Dr. King? When I joined the Ethereum Society, I was 17 years old. I read one of the books that Dr. King wrote called The Twelve Blessings. And just just a brief introduction to your listeners of who Dr. George King was. He, In his early 20s, he was a, a, a section leader for the London Fire Brigade back in World War II when they had the Nazi Blitz over England and he was part of a search and rescue team and it really bothered him why all this suffering and so after the war premonitions from the past he, he got into a, a serious study of yoga not just Hatha yoga the physical yoga but he got deep into breathing mantra deep into meditations raising his consciousness to the point where he actually did yoga for eight to ten hours a day while still having his job as a London cab driver. And so after 10 years, he reached such a, a high state of consciousness, raising the power of the Kundalini up to the heart center and above. And it was then that he was actually contacted by the beings who control these spacecraft, which we refer to as the cosmic masters. Some people refer to them as the star beings. We refer to them as the cosmic masters. So they contacted Dr. King back in 1955. And by raising his consciousness through a positive somatic trance, he was able to receive mental impulses 
from these beings and translate them through his larynx as an Englishman into English. And he had over 600 of these transmissions, which are fascinating. If your listeners want to know more about that, they can go to the Ethereum Society website. Yeah, and we'll get to that because I definitely want to leave a link to the Ethereum Society in the show notes. You had mentioned Kundalini and also a somatic trance, which I believe both states are similar to that of a near-death experience. True? Yeah, you're actually right. It's actually called conscious death, where the heart stops and all the functions, physical functions, pretty much stop. But the higher consciousness kicks in. And yeah, the physical aspects are pretty much all diminished. And from there, high states of consciousness are experienced. It's actually called conscious death. I've heard it described as samadhi, but I've also heard that the kundalini state is similar to samadhi. Can you tell us if there are any any differences between that? and the near-death experience, other than the fact that you have to be clinically dead to get there. Kundalini, uh, if you study Eastern philosophy, is the actual primeval force that actually resides in the base of the spine of man. By doing advanced yogic techniques, you bombard the, the kundalini power with pranic energies through breathing exercises, mantra, and then to the point where the kundalini actually is consciously raised in, in full aspect and goes through the different psychic centers from the base of the spine to the sex center to the solar plexus center and then to the heart center and above. What Dr. King was able to do at will was raised the the power of kundalini up to these higher centers and when he was doing that he wrote an amazing book called the nine freedoms if you want a, a really good description of cosmic consciousness people can get that through amazon called the nine freedoms and in there he describes exactly what he went through when he had the experience of cosmic consciousness. And it's absolutely fascinating because there's few men on this earth that have actually experienced cosmic consciousness. Some of the greater yoga masters and people like Buddha, Krishna, Patanjali, Master Jesus, a lot of the great religious leaders had cosmic consciousness experiences. Which you would call the ascended masters? Yes, I would I refer to them as the ascended masters. And the essence of raising Kundalini, Dr. King said, was the main reason why we are actually on earth today. This classroom is to consciously raise the power of Kundalini to the point where we can bypass the reincarnation cycle and move on to highest planes of experience. Bypass the cycle of reincarnation and climb up the ladder of higher consciousness? Exactly. I would hope that's a good layman's explanation of how this stuff works, because it does get pretty complicated. You had mentioned earlier transmissions that Dr. King received. That brings to mind the Law of One, where there was basically channeling with, I believe, the entity was Ra. Is there a similarity between those two transmissions? There's a lot of psychic mediums in the world, and especially back in the early 50s and 60s, there was a lot of so-called contactees. I only know of one person, and that was my yogi master, who actually could raise his consciousness into cosmic consciousness to the point where a beam of energy was sent to him where he could relate it from a mental impulse on an extremely high level of consciousness. Now, there are a lot of psychic mediums, but I believe that they don't have that 
training that Dr. King had over 10 years of experience. And a lot of them really kind of channel messages from maybe some of the higher realms around the earth, but not necessarily directly from the cosmic masters. I, I believe he was one of the unique individuals on this planet who was in contact with the cosmic masters. And speaking of Dr. King and the Ethereum Society, on their website, their mission statement is to help people prepare for the new age. Also, I believe there is a subtitle about cooperating with gods from space. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, as you know, Johnny, these are not good days right now. We've got the pandemic. We've got endless war. We have hatred between races. We have hatred between religions. We have an economic system that's just favors the minority of rich people and making a lot of people poor. We've reached a stage again where the Bible talks about end of times. I think we're in end of times right now. What's happened now, there's two things have actually happened. First of all, astrologically speaking, we moved out of the Piscean age and we're now in the Aquarian age and the Aquarian age astrologically is pushing mankind to be of service to of cooperation of, of helping each other and another aspect also which people are not aware of is that the planet herself is a living breathing goddess she's also raising her vibrations Dr. King mentioned that back in July the 8th 1964 the cosmic masters came together around the planet and they sent tremendous beams of spiritual power into mother earth so that she could have a primary initiation and what that means she could have at that time released these energies and raised her consciousness to be in line with the other planets in the solar system but instead had a pity for mankind because if she did that we would have been destroyed so every year she's also releasing these energies slowly and so what's happening is there's a rise in consciousness so people now can feel it if anybody's sensitive, they can feel this change that's going on. Part of this change that the Mother Earth is going through is, is, is the climate change. Don't believe this rubbish that it's all got to do with carbon emissions. The cosmic masters back in the 50s and 60s predicted that there would be changes in the climate. They predicted that the uh, ice caps would melt. And this is also part of the great change that's also occurring. Another aspect of this climate change is that the ionosphere is slowly being taken down so that cosmic rays that before were being withheld to the Mother Earth are being sent through. Hopefully that's going to be a good thing by the time this is all done, or is this going to take hundreds of years? One of the main reasons I wrote the book and one of the main reasons I'm here is to let your listeners know that there's hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. So what's going to happen in the future is there is going to be a new age and it's probably not going to happen tomorrow, the next 10 years, not even maybe in the next 100 years. Things could actually get worse before they get better. But there is going to be a new age where there will be a rise of consciousness. Everything that's happening on the planet right now, there will be no wars, there will be no economic conditions. But it's up to us to either cooperate. Coming back to cooperating with the Cosmic Masters, they're surrounding the planet right now and sending beams of spiritual energy to anybody who wants to receive these energies. And so they're helping civilization raise itself by individually and collectively sending beams of energy through. And all we have to do is just think they can pick up our thoughts mentally. And if we ask for these energies, they can be sent down to us at will and we can send that energy out to help raise not only ourselves but also the vibrations of the planet and everybody all live streams on the planet so that's exactly what's happening right now when you speak of vibrations and when we 
try to make sense of all of this and the changes. It sounds like you're describing basically a 5D society where we're not only raising our vibration, we're actually taking back what we were thousands of years ago. We actually had these powers. Exactly, exactly, Johnny. We were at one point extremely advanced beings and it is through our own free will and our own experiences and our own actions that have brought us to this point where we've actually evolved. 5D is a phrase that somebody kind of made up. We're actually seven-dimensional beings. We operate seven dimensions of different levels of experiences. So I, I'm not sure where the 5D came up, but I I have to agree with you that yes we need at this point the cosmic masters the raising of the mother earth the aquarian age is pointing to the fact that yes we need to get back to where we were originally absolutely right i heard of a really great example a while back about how the ancient egyptians not the pharaohs but thousands of years ago they were operating in 5d or whatever you want to call it it was an elevated state of consciousness they had the clairs clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient, everyone had them. And like you said, there was no wars, there was no famine, there was no economic upheaval. Somehow we kind of lost our way. But what I thought was really interesting is that when they built the pyramids, it wasn't as it was described in the Bible where slave labor was used. And there's actually a hieroglyph in a cave which depicts this, where there's two men holding up these anti-gravitational rods, and there is this giant rock that is just hovering in place, and that's how the Great Pyramid was built. If it's true that civilizations thousands of years ago were operating at a higher level of consciousness, does that make sense? That it, that something like that is entirely possible? Yeah, I totally agree. I think telekinesis was used. I don't think there were slaves. Dr. King mentioned that he said it took about two years to actually plan the pyramids, and I think it took about two or three days to actually build them. That's incredible. That I've never heard before. So when the people I've spoken to about ancient civilizations seem to all imply that these men methods that were used, higher consciousness and so forth, probably originated in Atlantis. Well, we've had two major civilizations before. Originally, it was Lemuria and then Atlantis. But one thing that your listeners may not be aware of, we're not actually from Earth. A yogi master like Dr. King, like yogi masters of the East, they have tremendous powers. They can levitate, go through walls. They have tremendous healing capabilities. They can also look at your aura and look at the history of your past lives. Dr. King was able on a larger scale to project from his physical body and look at the aura of, of the earth and read the Akashic records, which was a true history of, of the human race. And he puts that again in detail in his book, The Nine Freedoms. And what he said was actually 18 million years ago, we actually inhabited a planet between Jupiter and Mars called by the name of Maldek. And Maldek, again, was a highly advanced race. He said that robots actually took care of all the menial tasks on Maldek. And so we were extremely technically advanced. We could control the weather. We had an abundance of food. And the Bible refers to Adam and Eve and the fall, the Garden of Eden. It's a good analogy of what actually happened on Maldek because there was a group of scientists that got into this lust for greed and power. And they actually invented an atomic bomb, which Dr. King said was 10,000 times more powerful than the atomic bomb used in on Earth. And they completely destroyed the planet. Maldek, which is now the asteroid belt. Sciences are, are confirming that the asteroid belt was actually a planet that was actually blown up millions of years ago. 
that I've heard about, not in that detail, but they basically destroyed themselves as legend would have it in the same manner almost as Lemuria and Atlantis. Well, what happened was we're descendants of Maldek. We were extraterrestrials who lived on Maldek. After the planet was murdered, we were all released on our different levels of existence on the different planes, on the etheric planes. And then the Earth was approached to, to ask if she would uphold her evolutionary cycle and allow these uh, radionic mutations to actually reincarnate upon Earth. And she agreed to do that. And at that time, there was another race that lived on Earth called the Damic Man, which took care of these atomic mutations over thousands of years. And then it was only after they assembled some civilization that they actually left. And then from there, a few million years later, came the civilization of Lemuria. Lemuria was very advanced scientifically, culturally. And Lemuria fell in an atomic war. And the Earth moved her axis and Lemuria fell under the oceans. And then millions of years later, Atlantis came up. And again, Atlantis, if you look at some of the ancient Vedic texts, they talk about Vimanas and beams of energy and explosions. They were referring to the war on Atlantis, where Dr. King mentioned in the Nine Freedoms that one side had an atomic bomb, which they called the Brahma weapon or weapon of God, and the other side had a controllable atomic ray called Indra's dart, and down fell Atlantis. Lemuria destroyed itself, Atlantis destroyed itself, and Maldek destroyed itself. We're a weird bunch of people. We're into self-destruction. How advanced were they really? Because it seems like when you mentioned the lust for power is corrupting and eventually our downfall and still is here we are in 2021 locked in a 3d world or you know i guess that's the best description we have for now i find this the ethereum society very very interesting between the ethereum society and what you gathered or learned from your experience with the, the craft that you saw near stonehenge other than being loving creatures what are these higher consciousness beings really trying to tell us now it's very interesting that when Dr. King was contacted again, mankind, after that terrible purge of humanity called World War One and Two, invented the atom and started exploding the atom and hydrogen bombs. And it was known uh, by the cosmic masters at that time that the Mother Earth was actually going to be killed because of these uh, atomic explosions. And it's interesting also that a lot of the UFO sightings were seen in the skies in the early 50s and 60s. There was a concern in the solar system about not only the Mother Earth, but also mankind, again, was ready to destroy himself. And so the cosmic masters actually intervened and physically, scientifically absorbed a lot of that radiation that was released. I think America detonated at least a thousand. So did Russia. That fallout would have not only killed the planet, would have also have killed mankind. So the cosmic masters actually intervened and saved us from that catastrophe. Part of their message is we need to stop this folly, which has again brought us to, again to the brink of nuclear war. And we need to walk away. And not for the first time, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, no. This is the fourth time in our history that's, that it's occurred. So a lot of the transmissions talked about the dangers of atomic explosions and of nuclear radiation. Dr. King actually wrote a book, another book called You Are Responsible, where in there there's transmissions about the dangers of nuclear radiation and atomic bombs. And he petitioned governments, he petitioned many organizations to the point where finally the scientific community woke up and realized 
realized that what they were doing was dangerous and uh, Dr. King's help with the with the energies sent through by the cosmic masters absorbing the radiation it held at bay a terrible disaster that was due at that particular time. Star beings, as actually one of my guests on the show told me, that's what they prefer to be called. Do you think that in our lifetime, we'll actually have face-to-face contact with them? There's been a lot of sightings around the world. There's been people who, who have seen these sightings. There haven't been many face-to-face contacts, although Dr. King's mother was actually contacted back in the 50s by the beings who manned these spacecraft. And she was actually taken, she was actually visited in where she lived in England and was taken aboard a spacecraft and met some of these cosmic masters. And so there's a description of her experiences. People can find more about that. They contact the Ethereum Society. But again, those are very rare. As far as face-to-face, the cosmic masters have said that they can't make a move towards us. We have to make a move towards them. There was one transmission that came through. They said, well, you know, you're asking us for a sign. How about you give us a sign? You know? (laughs) I imagine that the transmission or download is done telepathically. Do you suppose that they're really not that much different from us? They're just operating on a higher consciousness level? Or are they just completely different types of beings? I think they're completely different from us in many aspects because on an evolutionary scale, I think they're millions of years ahead of us, not only scientifically, but spiritually. But are they humanoid or are they something like humanoid, like we are? In the Nine Freedoms, Dr. King actually went on one of these space vehicles that he referred to, that they referred to as satellite number three and he met some of these beings and he said the beings that he saw were like seven feet tall they had a a one-piece silver suit they were humanoid long hair down to their shoulders with very handsome features and the women were also very beautiful so that's good to know this notion of little green men i'm not sure where that came from could have been the roswell incident but i feel also that the people that advance probably may use androids and so those little green men could have been robotic androids that they use for their exploration or research but in regards to the cosmic masters they are actually very beautiful humanoid beings and as far as their existence we have levels of planes of existence that the, you know the hindu and Buddhist philosophies talk about different levels of existence which we pass on when we die. Now, of course, if it's true for Earth, we're not aware of them unless we're psychic and and aware of these realms. But Dr. King was also able to project to these different realms of existence. And he said there's four levels below us called the lower astral realms and the six levels above us. And so as far as science is concerned, if you went to Mars, Venus and Jupiter on the physical level, I don't think it could support human life. But Dr. King in his book you are responsible talked about projecting to venus and mars and meeting advanced civilizations there now what people need to realize is that these are, these cosmic masters are not residing on the physical plane they're actually residing on high levels of frequency maybe level four and five which we can't see but we can't see level four and five here on earth either unless we project it seems like it's all about frequency i keep hearing that word over and over again. Dr. King and the Ethereum Society, for that matter, is a very, very interesting topic. And I think it's something a, a lot of us would like to learn more about. I think that 
deserves an episode unto itself because it's pretty dense to say the least but in a good way not in a 3d way really great stuff wajid thanks for joining us how can our listeners find you online they could check the ethereum society i i have a personal email if people want to contact me directly wajid for gk at gmail.com w-a-j-i-d the number four gk at gmail.com and they can get the book struggle for world sanity on amazon i will put a link to that in the show notes you've been listening to closer to venus this is johnny burke if you enjoyed today's episode please consider subscribing if you really liked it you can also leave us a review on itunes as well thanks again for joining in and we'll see you next time